0: Just want you to you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Turn with me or go on your mobile device. Which is what most people are doing nowadays. I find sometimes that I don't get as much. Did I say this before? I don't get as much out of the screen. Like I like marking my Bible up. Like, I can put highlights on my Bible app and stuff, but it's not the same as me chewing and wanting to eat the pages, you know? Because I can physically touch it and wrinkle it, and, you know, there's no glass holding me behind the way, you know? So, anyway. I just wanted to talk, first of all, being ambassadors. God's doing something. In our lives, see, he wants us to increase. He wants the body of Christ to be mantled with his presence. And I, I just feel like um, there's something about the ambassadorship. You know, Jesus, or Paul talks about we are ambassadors for Christ. He's talking about walking in a new creation reality. And then he says, you are ambassadors of Christ. And what you do is you bring the glory, you bring the presence, you bring the Father everywhere you go. And um. There's something about true apostolic anointing on the church to bring presence where you go. I talked a little about this last week, that when, when the presence and the Spirit of God is on us and we create atmospheres, we create culture, you know, we want, what do we want in our culture? We want a culture of honor, right? That's first. We want to honor one another. We want a culture of love. You know, it all comes out of love. I can't honor you if I really don't love you. And the Lord, I really feel feel like he's showing me that we begin to change. We can bring change to cities, regions, and, and different places through, through really carrying one thing. It's the fullness of God. And that's really my life message is the fullness. I really, and, and it's, you know, I've always been, Eating and chewing on God, there's always more. And there's always the fullness of your presence that you want to pour out on a people. And there's really nothing that holds us back. I just, I just spoke those scriptures to you. You know, God, is, it's his plan that you have an overflow in your life. It came with the package, the day of salvation, and when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no lack of Holy Spirit over your life. You know, he's your best friend. If he's he's your best friend, you're moving, and you have as much of him as you really want. And so, fullness, I just want to talk about fullness tonight, because as being ambassadors, because we want to bring the realm of the kingdom, and we want to bring it as an ambassador. That means what? You're sent with a mission and a lot of us are lacking power in in our walk for one reason we don't know our purpose we don't know the plan and we don't know purpose and i feel like a lot of times we we have lack of power we have lack of release of, of presence because we're not walking in the anointing that god's called us to and that is to walk as an ambassador You've been called with a holy calling. You've been called to bring the kingdom everywhere you go, right? Matthew 10 says this. What? Go. Want to go there? We'll go there. Let's just go there. Matthew chapter 10. It says in verse 5, and Jesus sent out the, the, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Go, go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter in the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel, the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's the, what's the mission? Preaching the kingdom. What does the kingdom look like? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. And so that's our mission. That's Jesus' mission state to the 12. And if it was to the 12, it's to you. You know, the apostles have passed on and are gone, but you, you're the next apostles. Are you hearing me? You're tracking with me. Because God's given us this spirit, the spirit of God on us, so that we walk with healing power, you know, the ability to cast out devils, to bring, you know, everything that was called Unclean is now clean. And that's by the power of heaven living on your life. Because God wants complete access to your life. Right? So he says this. He says, beloved, I, want you, I pray that you may prosper in all things, be in health, just as your soul prospers. That's saying the Lord wants us to live in this fullness. He wants us to live in the prosperity, the prosperity which is God's life inside of us. And he's wanting you to have full access to all things, and you do have full access to all things. But again, I feel like there's a place where the Lord's trying to align us with our mission, every one of us. He's continuing to shape my mission and your mission. And so the more we align with what he's doing, the more he pours out his presence and power. I know that. Because when I'm aligned with the kingdom and I'm underneath what he's calling me to do and where he's he's calling me to go, then there becomes this, right, what did I say about grace last week? Right, there's a grace, there's a supernatural ability to do what you've been called to do. And it becomes, it goes from being a struggle to being absolutely open heavens and you're moving what you're called to. Not that we won't ever come into some type of demonic, you know, enemy is always there, right? Trying to rob, kill, and destroy. We just read that. He's trying, but when you're in the grace, when you're in an apostolic grace, and the Holy Spirit's on you to move and to break through, come on, there's a breaker anointing that's wanting to be released on the church. Come on, where no place is safe for any devil to be. Come on, they can't come in the church and people because they're going to get cast out. That's what your job is. It says freely you've received, freely give, so we release it, right? So let's just go to this verse. I got a lot of word in here tonight. Key Bible verse for tonight, Ephesians 3, 16. Again, I love the book of Ephesians. I love what it's about, but it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Might, dunamis power, glory, come on, might in your inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is it? Rooted and grounded in love so that you can comprehend the fullness of who God is. If I'm not rooted and grounded in the love of God and in his presence, and, and the love that's poured out that's shed abroad, it says through salvation, that it's shed abroad on our hearts, Right? that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the experiential love, experiential knowledge of the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. So it's way beyond understanding it out of the book. Way beyond a Webster's Dictionary definition of love. Whatever that might say. It's way beyond just trying to mentally ascend and understand the love of the Father because he wants to pour it out in such a way that we absolutely experience an overwhelming presence. Come on, that's why when we get together and we worship, you feel the love of the presence of the Father. When we minister in the Holy Spirit, you feel the love. You feel the tangible presence of the Father. And when we pray and we seek him, all of a sudden we become one. And we're going to talk about this, but we become one with who he is and what he absolutely pours out of himself to you. Because that's who he is. He's that good, good father. This is just an outpouring. This is just a release. He just wants to pour it out and lavish you with his love so that you experience it. And so when we experience it, then we walk in it and we move in it. Because there's this place where you cannot release what you don't understand. You can't release what you don't experience. The Lord wants to pour out the love and the unbelievable, unsurpassable understanding of love that you may be what? Filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. So if I'm filled with the fullness of God, what does that look like? It looks like love but it looks like crazy power like crazy Like, you're overwhelming people. Listen, Charles Finney walked in this anointing, right? When he went into factories, all of a sudden, what? People began to repent. Mariah Woodworth Eder, when she would begin to do campaigns in different places, this was some lady, which it wasn't cool for ladies to be preaching, there would be such a 150 miles, people would be repenting. People would be having encounters and trances. This is what she carried. 150 miles around. Someone say, whoa. Whoa. Really? Because there's, and this is the truth, it's documented. The the power that was resonant inside of her because she knew, she encountered, she went into trances, she had heavenly encounters. She lived in the fullness of who Jesus was in her life. John G. Lake, right, again, another person, The very much the same, 1900s, had the healing ministry, received the mantle from um, Alexander Dowie, and then began preaching and teaching, and, and Spokane, Washington, became one of the healthiest c- cities in America, documenting in the 1900s over 100,000 healings to the point where they would have parades with wheelchairs, crutches, canes, and people with testimonies all on the, on the, on the, on, in the parade, being on the floats going down the road. So much that he got arrested for practicing medicine without a license. I mean, come on. So we look at these saints, we look at people, they're in our modern age, come on, within 100 years, let's go. And if they walked in it, you can walk in it too. And I just get stirred because the fullness of God wants to manifest, right? And then it says this in verse 20, one of my favorite verse in the Bible. Now to him who is able to exceedingly, come on, do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask, think, or even imagine in our wildest dreams, one translation says. God wants to do that through you, and he wants to manifest the love of the Father in you. And he wants to challenge us and provoke us to go into a higher place so that we can live there, right? We should stay hungry with holy hunger and holy desperation, So this is the fullness of God, right? That the, that Paul was praying, not only for the church, but it was he knew something about it, and he was praying for himself to receive more. So he was contending for that, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And it's literally to have the full completeness in your life. The word fullness means full measure. That means the full measure of Christ. The full measure, right? We, we speak this... We, we believe that right Christ in you, the hope of glory. If the hope of glory is living inside of us, what does that look like? That looks like the full measure of Christ living inside of us and manifesting outside of us. And it says this, that Jesus had the spirit without measure. There's an, an unlimited anointing that the, the spirit of God will come and be released on your life. An unlimited measure right? Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, to, the, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory among this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's a release of the glory of God to you and through you. So he wants us to know first, we want to we we grab hold of the fullness of the Father, right? Right? And Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. That's the fullness of glory. This something happened. Because when he had encountered the Father, and I'm, we're talking about Jesus now. Now what happens when you encounter the Father, you all of a sudden become full with all the fullness of God. And listen, Moses was transfigured. It says that the glory of God shone on his face. That he had to put a veil And in the New Testament, it tells us, look, come on, we have something greater than that. We have the the Son of God, the Son of the living God living inside of us, filling us with all the fullness of God. So when Moses came down from Sinai, and that's Exodus 34, 29, it says that his face shone like light. There was a blaze of glory on his face because he was filled with the purposes, with the presence, with the power of God. He received the mission, right? When he received the Ten Commandments, he received his mission. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. We're moving ahead. We're we're, we're leaving Egypt and going to our promise. Of course, that whole generation never made it. And so God, I know, has given us an an indictment to make it. (laughs) He's given us that you're called to cross over. You're not called to sit back and almost make it. He's gonna break everything that holds you back. He's gonna open the gates and move. So I'm just giving you examples, illustrations. How what does what the fullness of God look like? The fullness of God looks like this Elisha's bones. He was a dead man. This is Old Testament. That when someone was rolled off the cart dead, that when they touched the bones, there was such a tangible anointing on the bones that the person came to life. That the dead was raised. So there's a place. Elisha was a man like you and me. Right? The Bible said Elijah was a man like you and me. So Elisha was a man like you and me. We can believe for this. You can live in this. And then the shadow of Peter we talked about last, last week, so that every place that he went, there was a radius that people began to be healed up and down the streets. Number two, so that was fullness. Number two, the equipping of the saints. What are we looking for? The glory of the Father's coming. What? To equip the saints. He gave, some, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for ministry. Till we all come to what? Unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Again, knowledge, intimate knowing, not just mental ascent. Right? To a perfect man, to the measure of the status of the fullness of Christ. Here we go again. How long will the equipping go on? Not a trick question. It's right in the, in the, in the scripture we all come to unity of faith and the knowledge of him and the church should be the greatest sign of what God looks like the church should be the greatest sign of what God looks like everyone's saying I don't know what God looks like I don't know if I hear his voice well let me tell you I believe this that the Lord's ready to release words that are strong come on from the church from prophets, from prophetic and apostolic ministries that will break stuff that's over people's lives. It'll break over regions. It'll be the word of the Lord. And it's not like maybe I have the word of the Lord. No. I'm telling you the Lord is wanting to give a sure word. He wants to release the truth of heaven through you. Am I, are you hearing me? He wants to release a sure word for your life through you. This is not a secret. So till we all come to unity of faith, what does unity of faith look like? Unity of faith looks like the saints doing the work of the ministry. Like I said, there's the appearing. We we don't want the appearing of the apostles. We want the disappearing of the apostles, prophets, teachers. (laughs) Eventually... There'll be no need because the church will be the church and the the anointing that's on the apostle will be on the church. The anointing that's on the prophet will be on the church. The anointing that's on the teacher and the pastor will be on the church that people will be, come on, you'll be walking in pastoral compassion and ministry, tending to the flocks. You'll be walking in apostolic authority where your, your voice and your and what you speak, all of a sudden things begin to happen because you have a governmental authority on what you say. And we've, you know, for so long we're waiting for the guy up here to do it. And I'm okay with doing it, but you understand what I'm saying? It's supposed to be spreading. We're supposed to be reproducing ourselves. The key is trying to, you know, as as leaders, how do we multiply? How do we activate? How do we increase? on everyone else. And some of you are carrying stuff and you just don't know it yet. Do you understand? Some of you are carrying strong anointings you don't even know yet because you haven't aligned with that or you haven't even st- like, st- released it. Okay, God, I'll do it. Come on, the days of Jonah hiding, it's over. Because what happens is boats start sinking. And then you got to say, listen, just throw me in the ocean. I'll find out where I'm supposed to be. Go back to where I was called, Nineveh, right? And so that's what the Lord is really wanting us to do. No more disobedience in our prophetic ministry. Just be obedient, right? And God wants, I'm telling you, there is such a crystal clear word that's about to rise out of the church. Not sitting there wondering, maybe I've got the answer. You're going to have answers for cities. You're going to have answers for city governments, for nations. I know, you know, we hear these testimonies of guys that go to the nations, and some of them have written the constitutions for African governments. I've heard these testimonies, powerful, crazy stuff. And they use it. Because God puts an unbelievable authority on your life and a wisdom from heaven that just doesn't come from earthly understanding. So the latter house, says that the latter house, the glory is going to be just much, much greater. And so we need to expect that. So God's calling us to maturity. What does maturity look like? Maturity looks like this. We're not focused on everything we need. Uh Uh-oh. We're not focused on everything I need, I, me, my. We're focused on, and and don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I don't want that to sound non-compassionate, all right? But the truth is we get so focused on our stuff that we can't see outside and release, right? And God wants to take care of all our stuff, every problem. He wants to take care of it. All the injustices he wants to break. But I'm telling you, it's as soon as we turn our eyes out, all of a sudden things will begin to start to move. I believe that. Number three, laying a in foundation, intimacy and divine union. What does the fullness of God look like? Intimacy. The foundation is intimacy. The foundation is relationship. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. That's Colossians 2.9. And then verse 10 says this. You are complete in him who is the head over all principality and powers. That's the truth over your life, that you've received the divine nature, that you are complete in Him. That we don't actually need another thing. He says all the Peter said this: what you've received the divine nature from heaven, right? So for in Him the whole fullness. This is talking about Jesus, the whole fullness of deity of God of who God is of His personality of of the essence of who he is is in Christ and yet we're complete in Christ because why? because he's our elder brother and Christ is living in you the hope of glory right? so you're complete in head who's the head over principality and powers wow look at your neighbor and say this you have more authority than you think seriously You have more authority than you have understanding of. You have more authority in your finger than the demon we think is coming around the corner to get us. We have to move in the fullness of authority. And the problem is we don't step out, we don't exercise. Ready, we can go into Hebrews chapter 5, and we need to exercise our gifts, and that's part of the issue but there's only so much practicing you can do? Because we used to do prophetic ministry. We used to just practice on each other, and it kind of gets monotonous. No, it's good. It's good for learning. It's good for, but sometimes you know people. It's better off if you don't, you know, God wants to send you on the street to speak to a complete stranger. And the problem is we, we lack boldness to do that and confidence. So, Father, release boldness and confidence on our lives so that we walk in that. Right? So laying a foundation of intimacy and divine union, right? Jesus is a prophetic ph- prophetic picture. I read this last week of the fullness of the godhead. It says this, of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. Of his fullness you've all received grace for grace. That's power and the ability to receive and to absolutely move in what Jesus Christ moved in. Sons of God daughters of God come on so this potential this is the potential to walk in the fullness of the father and the unity of relationship of the father son and the holy spirit so the lord wants us to have this intimate relationship they're just like Jesus did we're going to go to John 17 too but the Holy Spirit, you'll never understand what it means to be filled. This is number four, what it means to be filled with the fullness of God without understanding consciousness and oneness with God. This is what God's bringing back to the church. Intimacy is the message that we live and walk. It says this, John 17, 11, Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you and he says, Holy Father, keep, the, keep through your name those who you've given me that they may be one as we are one. What is he talking about That He's not talking about having a unity service. Mm-hmm. Hear me. He was taught, his prayer was this. That the same intimacy that Jesus had with the Father, he was praying for the church to have with the Father. That it wasn't about meeting in a church building and agreeing on some truths and getting together and having that warm fuzzy feeling. Although that's good, it was about learning to grab hold of who God is in your own life and living a life direct with Him. Where does the fullness of heaven come in your life? It comes from having an absolute connection with the Father that is not broken. And you live in that. And you move in that. It's about unity with the Father. And so Jesus was, again, he was that prophetic picture of what that looks like, of what an intimate life looks like with the Father. It says that what? It says, I only do what I see the Father do. And I only say what I hear him say. And so there's this place where the Lord is wanting us to live that we hear and see just like the Son. You've been given that ability, believe it or not. Because that's where we have the struggle. I don't believe it because I don't see it in my own life yet. All it is is this, pursue. I mean, pursue never disqualifies you. If I pursue the Father in such a way, this, come on, you live in moments of it. I hear the I heard the Lord real clear. And then the next week you're like, ah, is that what God said last week? Come on, but He's asking us to walk in this place and trust. Listen, you gotta have a trust that what you're hearing from the Father is truth. And and listen, the Bible says test. You know, we wanna test, we wanna be in the we wanna test our faith. We wanna test the spirits. We wanna test what we receive. It says this about Joseph That the word of the Lord was tested over his life So there's testing in, in God's voice But I'm telling you We're going to come to a place where we hear Where there's no more bit and bridle in our mouth anymore Right? I was talking about this last week There's no more bridle holding us back or Trying to like, you know, move us to the left or to the right But the Lord's trying to get us to move when he moves just a nudge is enough to move you into the presence. Yeah. Come on, just a nudge is, a, is enough to get you aligned with the Father and what he's gonna pour out in that moment. There were stories of, of, of William Branham who, who was an evangelist in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, prophetic guy had a seer anointing on his life but the lord would show him certain things like if the person had to be in the room he was going to visit someone in a a hospital room that needed healing and it was when he he would show up and this person would be that spot and the other person would be in that spot and it had to be just so so that the lord would work why i don't know god's funny like that because he wants things to be very clear but he, it, he tells the story of he, he didn't go to the airport because he was told to go downtown and pray for some lady's son who he raised, ended up the Lord raising from the dead. But it was like this, Lord, where do I go? And he walked down the street, take a left, took a left. On the front lawn, you're going to see a, a, a lady. She's going to be sitting there hanging her clothes. That's the lady you're going to talk to. Sure enough, it was just like that. And she said, I've been waiting for you. Because the Lord had told her in the morning, there's going to be a man, a prophet of God, come to your your door today. And he's going to raise his son from the dead. He was on the brink of death. He wasn't dead, but he was like about dead. Close. Right? And so the Lord went in, healed, just like that. How many want to hear like that? Yeah. If, if William Branham can hear like that, you can hear like that. Can I say that? Can I be bold enough to say that over you? Because I want to believe that for my own life. So you need to receive that because God wants to use you like that. And it may not be exactly like that, but there's some things. I'm telling you, the Lord wants to give you the ability to hear and walk and move in an intimacy and a oneness with Him that's not shaky, that's really firm. That's not like, maybe this is God, maybe not. No, you're going to know the voice of the Father because you spend enough time with Him that all of a sudden you just your heart becomes like His heart. And there's something on Him that's going to br- just bring you into this place where you're aligned with Him and you know His voice, you know his, you know His sight, you know what He's doing. I'm telling you, God wants to release a compassion on the church, anyway. Talked about Enoch, but I'm not gonna go there. Number five, consciousness. Consciousness of God. I'm allowed to go through my notes and give you what I want, right? Number five, consciousness, God consciousness. The greatest verse we all love, that I've been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Bob Jones says, if you want 220 power, you go to Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. That I no longer live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live. I live in the, in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me, and gave himself for me. How's that? Consciousness is a state, being aware, totally aware of one thing with somebody's thoughts or feelings. So heaven's retaining Jesus, what? It says this in the book of Acts. That he may send Jesus Christ, who has preached to you before, Whom heaven must receive until time of restoration of all things. What's the restoration of all things look like? Which God has spoken by the mouth of the prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to his father, The Lord God will raise up a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says, do. That's Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 22. Holy Spirit wants us to have this place where we live. The restoration of all things comes when what? The church dies to itself. Ouch. I don't think about I, me, my. I think about God, what do you want from my life? I'll pour my life out right now. What is it that you want? See, because radical obedience requires radical death. It really does. When we completely die, when we completely give ourselves over... All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to move and speak to us in ways that we have never thought or imagined before. But it's about dying and not picking ourselves up and starting. Because I'm telling you, we all go back and forth with this. I want this. I want this. I want this. And God's trying to just change our whole mentality that everything's God. Not that we don't go have fun and live life, come on. You're allowed to hang with your friends and you don't have to be in a monastery someplace. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? But a life, this is what Jesus just absolutely, the picture that Jesus gave for us to model. That he gave his life so he was completely yielded to the Father. What did that look like? We see what it looks like in Scripture. That all of a sudden, every place he went, there was a change. He changed atmospheres. He changed region, regions. So, what happens? Why are we not more conscious of him and conscious of ourselves? I'm glad you asked. You have to go back to the beginning, right? Genesis. Genesis twenty two twenty five. says that they were both naked. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. That's when they were living in the presence. That's before they partook of the fruit. By the way, it wasn't an apple. It was just fruit. The Holy Spirit wants us to understand that there's such consciousness that's taken place after sin. But the Bible says this that we've been removed from sin because of the cross. Because of the blood of Jesus, we don't live in that way anymore. That you have absolute access and consciousness to the Father. But it says this, that they hid themselves. And this is the problem. We hide ourselves in all kinds of things. We hide ourselves in things. The Lord wants us to remove the things that we hide in. He wants to break it off. He wants to totally annihilate those things that we hide in that keep us from the fullness and the full consciousness of knowing and walking with him. Because there's a completeness that we can walk in. There's that fullness that we can walk in. It says that, that there was no awareness to consciousness of sin, right, and sickness and disease and death. But it was perfect oneness with no shame. See, and after the fall, we inherited this shame. But through Christ, all shame is broken. Come on, you're walking in righteousness, you're walking in truth, you're walking in fullness, and God completely annihilated all the the symptoms of sin. Didn't he? Am I talking to the right church? All right, I'm just checking. He really did. He totally annihilated that stuff. Through the cross. That's what the Bible says. That's what my Bible says anyway. That he annihilated. Abolished. Broke it. And so this is why the Lord says, you must have the understanding and the knowledge and the lo- of who I am. The love of the Father. Right? Go back to Ephesians chapter 3, which we started with. We need to comprehend through experiential knowledge, through experiencing who he is, through experiencing the grace and the power and the presence of God, that sin has been, come on, it no longer has dominion. I said this last week that what? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And if that's the truth, then there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Am I right? There's nothing. And so, Lord, we just ask right now that you just release a grace on us to live in that, to be in that, to walk in that. You know, God, we live in an awesome time. We live in an amazing time right now. And I'm telling you, I am excited to just align myself with whatever He says. Lord, just remove every distraction. Let's stand together because I'm just going to pray and make some declaration over us. It is. It's an amazing time. There's things that the Lord wants to do. We just have to get out of the way and let him do it. He just wants to come in and invade. The invading army of the Lord